Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. so that we won't be familiar with these passages of Scripture, that they'll grip our heart. Remember the first time you heard the Word of God. Remember the first time you opened the passages of the Scripture. Remember the first time you discovered something in the Word. It did something inside of you. It was fire in your soul. You couldn't put the book down. You couldn't wait for the next time you gathered together in the house of the Lord. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Sometimes, after we have been a Christian for a while, certain Bible passages in Scripture become very familiar. If we aren't careful, we can become prideful about our Bible knowledge or even lose our love of the Word. Pastor Ed admonishes us today to stir up our fervor and love for God. No matter how many times we've heard something in the Bible, there's always more to learn. The Lord loves people that are zealous for Him, and He takes pleasure in those that love Him and pursue Him with a bold passion. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, Acceptance to Rejection. Moses proclaimed every 50 years, it would be a year of jubilee. Every debt would be canceled. Every prisoner set free. People would have a, a new start, a new beginning. It was in the book of Deuteronomy. It was there in Leviticus. It was there in the Word, but not once. Did they ever follow through on that? But here was Messiah. And says, I'm here to proclaim that year of freedom. Listen to his gracious words. In that congregation, I'm sure there were widows. I'm sure Nazareth, being the type of community it was, didn't have, well, had a lot of poor folk there. And so they heard his words, the poor, the prisoner, the blind, the oppressed. Good news for these people, the poor. You know, Jesus was shaped by Scripture. He said, in your hearing. The scripture is fulfilled. In your hearing, today, it's fulfilled. Uh, That was a bold statement. A powerful statement. He was saying, you want to know what Moses looked forward to in all of the shadows and all of the types of the Old Testament and all of the promises they pointed towards me. Here, standing before you. I'm the fulfillment of Scripture. They had never heard anyone say anything like that before. Jesus was saying, Scripture is fulfilled today. The poor 
are going to hear the good news. Jesus was shaped by the prophetic word of the Father. Jesus incarnated Scripture. And he proclaimed this message of liberty, of jubilee, the poor. Somehow, we're so familiar with these words. They sort of lose their meaning. We hear them, but we don't hear them. They're there, but yet, I don't know, a prophet, well, sort of a prophet, had to remind us of familiar words that all of us knew, but we just didn't practice them. He said, you have said in your very own declaration of independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all are created equal. And I insist that you either live by your own constitution. They were the words of Martin Luther King Jr. He made us uncomfortable. The establishment. Here's the constitution and here's what it says. Now live up to it. That's what Jesus was doing. He went into the synagogue and said, Here is what Israel is about. Good news for the poor. Is the church shaped and molded by the word? There ought to be a compassion in our hearts for the poor. For the poor in third world countries. For the poor in our own nation. Now, I'm not talking about a hand out. I'm talking about a hand up. There's a difference. A hand up is when you don't just give somebody something and they're dependent on you, but you teach the illiterate how to read. You help people to make a living. You help them to get out of that terrible cycle of poverty. It's time the evangelical, charismatic, Pentecostal church would be concerned about the social needs and the social problems of our society. Institutions can oppress and keep people in that terrible plight of poverty. Jesus came to preach to the poor. Uh, freedom for prisoners. Uh, there's all types of prisoners. People are prisoners to their greed. Uh, they're prisoners to their desires. They're, they're locked in the prison of their own selfish ambitions. And Jesus said, I've come to set people free from the prison house of sin. And that's the worst type of prison. He speaks further and says, recovery of sight to the blind. We, we've seen Jesus free people like Zacchaeus from the love of money. Uh, we've watched him heal men like blind Bartimaeus who cries out, Son of David! Son of David! There 
In chapter 9 of the Gospel of St. John, there was a blind man whom Jesus healed. And Jesus gave the discourse on spiritual blindness. We know there's physical blindness, but we know there's spiritual blindness. Every one of us who sings amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We know what it is to have our eyes open to see the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ released to the oppressed, people oppressed by the powers of darkness, can't seem to ever get where they should be and be what they want to be. And they feel the strong powers of darkness holding them down, oppressing them, keeping them from being all that God intended them to be. Jesus says, I'm here to pronounce jubilee, liberation, freedom. Huh. Uh, that got them excited. I, that was a good message. But the community of faith has to be shaped by the scripture. Well, let's look at the scripture through our culture. No, no. Let's look at the scripture through the Spirit of God. Let's not just try and create a church where we're simply comfortable in. Would Jesus be comfortable in our church? Would he feel at home in our assembly? Does the scripture shape our lives, influence us? Uh, do we make our decisions from a biblical world view? Are we shaped by the Word of God? What happens is, is Jesus is pushing them at this moment. See, Israel felt exclusive. They felt like... Uh, we're the children of Abraham. Uh, uh, we know this hometown boy. Uh, Jesus is going to say, um, there's no favorites. No. Whoever does the will of God is the same as my mother, my brothers, my sisters, my, my family. Well, I, I grew up in the church. You grew up in the church, but you still need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse you. Uh, whether you grew up on Skid Road or you grew up in the sound of the chapel bells of a church, it doesn't matter. You're still saved by one way alone by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was trying to wake them up and say, be shaped by my word, shaped by the scriptures. Yes. Uh, a, little, a little girl, six-year-old goes up to her daddy. He's typing away at the computer doing an important report. And this child says, daddy, mommy sent me. Well, what did she send you for? Well, she said that you'd give me a hug and a kiss before I go to sleep. Quickly, he turns around, hugs her, kisses her. All right, honey, go up to sleep. A few moments later, he senses her still there. He said, sweetheart, why didn't you go up to bed? Well, daddy, I want a hug and kiss. I gave you a hug and a kiss. No, 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 daddy. You weren't in it. 
We can worship, but are we in it? We can know the scriptures, but are we in it? We can give in the offering, but are we in it? See, that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to be shaped by the Word, transformed by the Word, molded by the Word. Jesus got to meddling. I don't know how it happened, at what point it happened, but they began to think, isn't this Joseph's son? Don't we know him? Don't we know him? All of a sudden, there's a furious rejection. In verse 48, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town. They took him to the brow of the hill. The town was built in order to throw him down the cleft. What happened? What went on on the inside? Here's a hometown boy. He's making good in Galilee. Everybody's talking about him. as a prophet finally from Nazareth. Something good out of Nazareth. What happened? Well, I think the danger of the familiar... In verse 22, all spoke well of him, were amazed at his gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? Uh, Haven't I heard this before? I've heard that song before. I, I felt this way before. See, we could become familiar with the truth of Scripture, familiar with the moving of the Holy Spirit, familiar with the things of God, the great danger of being in the church is you take for granted holy things and miss the moment of God's visitation. And there they are. Here He is, God incarnate, the fulfillment of Old Testament Scripture, God Himself walking among them. And their eyes are closed and their hearts are getting harder. They were familiar with the person and they were familiar with the passage. Oh, God, shake us so that we won't be familiar with these passages of Scripture that they'll grip our heart. Remember the first time you heard the Word of God. Remember the first time you opened the passages of the Scripture. Remember the first time you discovered something in the Word. It did something inside of you. It was fire in your soul. You couldn't put the book down. You couldn't wait. For the next time you gathered together in the house of the Lord, you couldn't wait to talk to another believer about the things you've been discovering and the danger of the familiar. Week after week we come to church and soon what was an authentic experience becomes a tradition, a ritual, a routine. Time for church again. I wonder if they'll go over time. I wonder if uh, they'll sing the songs I like. I wonder if that preacher's going to ask for money again. 
so familiar. The truth is offensive. Now, if Jesus had a good marketing team, uh, they would have sat down with him. Now, Jesus, let us give you this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. When you go back to the hometown, it's important that you get their support. So make sure you don't offend them. Make sure you say everything right. He's not going to buy into it. Jesus is offensive. Oh, I don't want to be rebuked. Grow up. Better now than later. I don't want to be corrected. Grow up. Better now than later. There, Jesus says something to them. And I, I love this text. The offense of the truth. Jesus said to them, surely... You will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth. The problem with Jesus is he tells us the truth. There are churches all over our land that are more interested in a crowd than the truth. They're more interested in gathering numbers and making sure people have fuzzy feelings when they leave. I tell you, God is so concerned with the truth, he never avoided it. The prophets spoke boldly, even when they made the people of God uncomfortable. I I pray that the Bible makes you uncomfortable. Because to the core, we're sinners. To the core, we need correction. To the core, we need the truth of God's word to engage us and to change us and to transform us. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Oh, We often want to just, well, I, I, I don't want that to sink in, God. Because I'll have to do some reflection. I'll have to be introspective. I'll have to think about what you're saying. Jesus takes them to a familiar portion of Scripture. They knew the prophet Elijah, and they knew the prophet Elisha. It wasn't something new, but the way he applied it, they saw themselves. Oh, It's a horrible thing sometimes to see our hearts. It makes you tremble and cry out, Woe is me, O Lord! I'm a man of unclean lips. It was a choice. Jesus' words could break them. Or they could reject him. But God never breaks us just to break us. He breaks us to make us and to rebuild us. That's right. That's right. Amen. Uh, Elijah. He was not sent to any widow in Israel. There were widows in Israel. He goes to a widow of Zarephath, a Gentile. And she's blessed. 
The great prophet, a prophet of Israel, goes outside of Israel. Uh, then Elisha, the man with a double portion, sees Naaman, a Syrian, healed when there were many lepers in Israel. But he goes outside of Israel and Jesus stops them and says, I know you're wanting a miracle here in Nazareth and maybe that's why you came to the synagogue today. And you're going to say, why don't you do in, Caper in Nazareth what you're doing in Capernaum? Capernaum was a seat of darkness. I've been there. On those stone walls carved into a mountainside were idols where people worshipped. Jesus in a place of darkness performed incredible miracles. What Jesus was saying if you won't take the truth here, there's somebody that will. What in that synagogue if they would have said, you know, he's Joseph's son, but something he's saying is touching me in here. I feel it. I think I'm going to repent. I think I'm going to Make things right with God. <laughs> Revival could have happened in Nazareth that day. The story would have been different. But no, they were furious. They escort him to the outside of the town. They're going to go to that mount. There's a cleft. They're ready to push him off and shut him up. But it's not his time. He walks right through the midst of them. And they can't put their hands on him. They can't touch him. It would be his time one day. They would take him to a cliff one day. But it would be in God's timetable. And they would set him on that cliff of Mount Calvary. And they would raise him up. And they would kill him. But they wouldn't keep him in the grave. Because you can't keep God quiet. You can't keep his word from sounding out throughout the earth. See, God is a God who says, my heart is for the poor. My heart is for the oppressed. My heart is for the needy. My heart is for the broken. My heart is for the marginalized. And the church must have the heart of God if we're going to be pleasing to God. This is the truth. Those who would exclude others thereby exclude themselves. Do we want him? If we do, he'll make us uncomfortable. At times, he'll show us things about ourselves. But I tell you, he'll heal you. In your brokenness, he'll heal you. In your repentance, He'll restore you. He came to do that. I'm a candidate. How about you? There 
Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God, right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.